0: Does going to bed each day with a smile on your face and a huge sense of peace seem like something you would only ever experience in your dreams? Trust me, I've been there, my friend. I used to create these long to-do lists, and at the end of the day, I felt like a failure because I felt like I hadn't done anything on them. If you've ever felt like this and felt like you were overwhelmed, if you felt like you were hopeless, or maybe even felt like you were experiencing anxiety, I've got a great solution for you, friend. And it comes from shifting your mindset from looking at your life as a long list of to-dos and really focusing on what your priorities are in any particular season. I am hosting a free five-day challenge. It is called the Energy Audit Challenge and it happens in your inbox over the course of five days. And again, it's for free. Over the course of our time together, you will get clarity on what Things are getting your time and energy so you can know what you need to delegate so you can focus on your priorities. Again, you can sign up for this free five-day challenge at brandsbybree.com forward slash energy. And don't worry, it's self-paced, so no matter when you're listening to this episode, you can get in on the fun. See you inside, lovely. welcome everyone back to the black girls with purpose podcast you all know this season we've been talking about transitions and it's just we've been having really awesome conversations over the past several weeks and today i have a special guest with me her name is Shadé. she is yes like the singer um she's here and she literally is in japan y'all y'all don't even know all of the back and forth because of the time zones. We were like, wait, when are you supposed to be? Oh, I thought that, and I just want to say, and I said this to her privately, but the fact that this woman was like, okay, yeah, I could book this interview. It'll be midnight my time, but that's fine. Like, I just- that is commitment, so I am so excited to have her on the show. She has her own podcast as well, um, and she'll get to talk to, that, to you all more about that, but I'm going to let her introduce herself, so Shaday, welcome. Tell the people all the things.
1: Hello, everybody. So, like she said, I am the owner of Mom Chat Show, and I'm a big wellness mom advocate, like... Big, heavily um I'm very big on you know moms taking care of themselves being their biggest cheerleader loving on themselves more than anything and honestly it was me that created that because I had my own journey I had my own awakening and ever since then I'm like you know what we need someone to be the person that's going to love on us and support as moms more than anything I feel like sometimes we don't get that support that we need it so I'm the biggest cheerleader I know of that is like rooting for moms frequently and I don't plan on stopping anytime soon
0: (laughs) I love that so tell us about your transition into motherhood because you you have three children as well right fellow mm-hmm. mama three okay so give me the ages give me the the backstory of that like was it like okay yes we knew straight out the gate we wanted three children or was it like oh they just kept coming
1: <laughs> I wish I could say that <laughs> that is definitely not how it was um especially being a military mother I'm sure lots of people know military moms didn't have a village <laughs> so it was literally like I had a baby, we move again. I have another baby, we move again. So all of my babies are literally back to back. My youngest is eight, my middle child is 10 and my oldest is 13. So yeah, not planned, (laughs) not planned at all. But I'm grateful though, but not planned. Yeah, I'm always
0: amazed when people are like, "Oh yeah, just like just like we planned it, like in the scrapbook, and yeah, you know, wanted Tyler to come around spring because that's our favorite holiday. You know, that's our favorite time of year." And I'm just like, "Wow, okay." Oh, no. <laughs> no way. Our boys are planned because they are. they're like two i mean stair-stepped almost to a t like our our oldest and our middle are 21 Mm -hmm. months apart and then our middle and our youngest are one week short of two years so it looks like we right i'm like no no that was just the lord that's it there was nothing else there um so talk a little bit about that i love that you shared that lens because we have never had I've never had anyone who's either um in the military or a military spouse on the podcast so there's so many transitions I would imagine that come along with that right like one you're making the decision to marry this person because you're like okay I'm, I know what's going to potentially come with the territory I don't know fully what that looks like but I know maybe some mm-hmm. I've heard some things right that and then also what you were just saying about community because I feel like as moms community is so key It's it helps us with our sanity so how do you navigate having not really feeling like you have that because you're in so many different places
1: yes oh goodness girl that's like
0: a loaded question um
1: so starting out my plan was never to marry a military man start off like right off the bat uh, my stepfather was like, no, you need to get a civilian guy because he's a military. Mm-hmm. And then when he found out my husband's branch, he was like, oh, so you went for the the crazy wild ones because he's a Marine. And I was like, it was not planned that way. I didn't even know his branch when we met. Um, but, you know, God works in a mysterious ways. So I guess he felt that it was, you know, the plan. But yeah, I had no idea. I was always kind of like military life eh, not my thing because I just you know looking from the outside I'm like oh my goodness that's like crazy you're moving all the time they have loads of kids I refuse to be the person with a huge van and loads of kids that is not going to happen and <laughs> funny and that's literally probably within the first year of us being married I was already pregnant so obviously I ended up going on that boat. Of being the one that keeps getting pregnant. Um, because literally every time we got a new duty station, I, I was literally leaving in my last trimester. And I'm like about to have a baby. So now here I am looking for a whole new hospital, everything new, and I'm about to give birth. It was just crazy. And I don't know why I did that three times. It wasn't set up that way, but I do not recommend it because <laughs> it's like haywire. Um so each of my kids little were born in a different state and they love bragging about that cuz they think it's hilarious and I'm thinking, eh,
0: if you only knew the background of it. Uh was not. Like I so would much. say if you were there, technically you were there, but you were a baby. So you have no idea like all the chaos that was surrounding it.
1: <laughs> so much chaos, so much chaos. Like I'm grateful everything went smoothly, but it was definitely chaotic. And as for community though, that's honestly something that I think we don't talk about much. I don't feel like community is as strong as it you would think it would be within the military wives and everything. It is kind of competitive at times, surprisingly. Um, sometimes people tend to, you know, use ranks as like leverage, And it just can be kind of lonely at times. And that was honestly something that I dealt with within the first couple of years, because being the child of a military person is so different. And so mentally, I'm like, oh, it's going to be, you know, friends hanging out in the community and we're all close. And, you know, because that's what I saw from a child's perspective. But then being on the other hand of like the wife's perspective, I totally get it now. Cause now thinking back on it, I'm like, wow, my mom didn't really hang out with a lot of different people. Like it was very like same person over and over ones and twosies. Now I get it. Cause I'm on that end now and it can be hard. I went through a big struggle of just feeling like, okay, I don't know anybody. I don't have my family close by. And mind you, I'm a seven girl. I grew up like literally in one state for like 14 years of my life, I know everybody, you know, it's like, you know, the neighbors, everyone knows your family type of background. And then once my mom got married, it was a whole nother world. So yeah, it was kind of like a culture shock for me a little bit. Cause I'm like, this is not what I'm used to. I'm used to hugging random strangers and saying, Hey, <laughs> and how are y'all doing? And being into this business just because it was very different for me. So I had a hard time adjusting. I really did, yeah.
0: Do you feel like that's a part of why you started? You know, because it's not just for me. It's not just a show. It is a. It's a movement, right? Because mm-hmm. I think that often we become the thing we needed, right? Where, mm-hmm. where we say, "I really wish I had someone," even if if it was someone I was listening to, where it felt like a friend in my pocket, right? Like, okay. Sade is going through the same thing that I'm going through. So I'm not alone, even though I feel very alone. Do you feel like that's part of what sparked the desire to start your show?
1: Honestly, that is exactly why I created it. And the sad part is I didn't really realize how lonely I was until I had a actual nervous breakdown because I was just like, I think at times, you know how if you've grown up a certain way and you feel like certain things are missing as a child, In your head, you're like, okay, when I get married, I'm gonna have this. I'm gonna have that. We're gonna do this. It's gonna look this way. So I had this idea in my head like, okay, I'm about to be this amazing wife. I'm gonna have, you know, the picket fence, beautiful house, great kids. You know, we're gonna go to church. I'm gonna come home and make this meal. Like, it was literally like planned out in my head. So I was like going on autopilot, I honestly like thinking on it and really wasn't really paying attention to the fact realizing that I was going through loneliness a slight depression you know overwhelmed not really thinking about me and my needs because I just wanted to be perfect for everyone else so I wasn't really considering me and I think that breakdown though that I had though it woke me up and it helped me see that girl you are not okay for one And then two, you know, you don't really know who you are. I didn't know anything about me after becoming a mom and wife. And I always tell people that I honestly feel like after you have kids, it's like a rebirth happens and you just like blossom into this new person. The problem though, is that we blossom into that person, but then we don't get to know that person and we just keep going as if we're that old person before the kids and that's when things start to, like, collapse. And that's what happened for me. I didn't know anything I like. I just was like, oh, you know, I'm just going to keep doing what I got to do. But that didn't work. Because after, I'd say, about a good six years of doing that, things went downhill. And I literally went on a journey for a whole year. Literally a whole year of me just being like, I'm not going to tell myself no to anything. I'm not going to... Disguise the fact that I'm going through stuff because I am. I'm tired of, you know, doing the all smile thing and just faking like I'm good because I'm not. So I was like all around strangers doing things I'd never thought of doing, like rock climbing. I'm from the South. No, (laughs) that's not a thing. (laughs) But I was doing it because I felt like I had to. I didn't have a choice anymore. I'd already hit the wall. So it was kind of like, you literally can't go any further down at this point you've already hit your rock bottom so the only thing you can do is rebuild so I rebuilt myself I had to and it taught me a lot but that was literally what created mom Chat show because I was just like we are hurting in silence and I talked to so many moms afterwards because I being a natural interviewer person apparently I was before I knew I was um I just had so many questions I needed to I needed answers so I was asking everybody like hey how are you doing are you good like you know just kind of like making casual conversation but surprised me though was the fact that what surprised me was the fact that a lot of these moms were hurting like a lot of them some of them were surprised they even told me their business I was surprised they were telling me their business too quite frankly but um they were hurting. Not like some people had said they had never said those things in like 11 years, 12 years. They never had told anybody that they were, you know, not really happy in their marriage or that they were struggling as a mom and that sometimes they contemplated this or doing this. And it was just kind of like, okay, if we're having all of these problems and some of them are actually similar, why is it that we're just doing it in silence? We're not like trying to fix it we're acting as if we're okay because looking on the outside of those people they were always smiling like I honestly thought they were just you know happy busy moms but then I talked to them and I'm like girl like how are you walking around you're smiling and laughing everybody you're not like there's so much pain in there but it's just hidden so I was like you know we need to talk more and I feel like if we start just being honest like I'm hurting this is what's happening maybe some change can happen because I honestly feel like the more I shared my truth the more I healed so it's like okay if that worked for me it has to work for somebody else too they need to share their story and heal too and learn how to get to know themselves better so I've been bringing some of everyone on because if we need to heal we're hurting so yeah
0: two things that you said that stood out to me were you've already hit rock bottom. The only thing you can do is rebuild. And the more I shared, the more I healed. That is so, the more I shared, the more I healed like that needs to be on a shirt one, (laughs) because I feel like, and you said you're from the South as well. So I think culturally, it's kind of like, girl, put your big girl panties on and let's like get the thing done, right? And I think that what I'm finding is that both my mom, my grandmother, her mom, who I call Meemaw, again, down South, you know what I'm saying? Meemaws and, and nanas and all of that. Um, I feel like I'm seeing them share more now. And there are things that my Meemaw has shared with me even in the past couple of years that we just would have never known. But it was kind of like, Baby, ain't nobody had no time to be sitting around. What they would say, sitting around in circles, drinking Starbucks and talking about our feelings. We had children to feed, we had jobs to do, and 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 the thing is, we, you know, I I I I navigate that different because it's not as if we're not also working and doing things. But I think that having online spaces does create more of that place because people sometimes to a fault, we'll use social media as a journal. But even that is like an opportunity for someone to say, hey, what's really going on, right? Like, even if you say just a one-liner, it's having people reach out and say, what's going on? I saw you made this post on social media, what's going on? Like, it's those cries for help, right? And I think that even what you were saying about, I'm asking these moms how they were doing and they were actually telling me, it's shocking because we're used to the, the, Oh, I'm fine. And the you, you know, you kind of keep going. But I think that's also where discernment comes in and sa- says, No, I really don't think you're fine, you know. And I think that more moms sharing their stories and being healed and healing um is opening up other moms to share their stories as well, because it's removing the shame I think that used to exist, that unspoken shame of, well, you know motherhood is one of the greatest jobs you can ever have and you're one of your highest calling so like how could you not be just fully in it or you know there are p- the women who are barren and they can't even have kids and like how dare you complain about your children or you know well I've even heard the people be like well you had you had the kids. So like, what did you think was gonna come along with? Like that, and it's just so dismissive. And honestly, some of the conversation is disrespectful. Um, And I think that it doesn't, people say that people care about the moms until the baby is born, right? Like when you're pregnant, they're like, oh girl, what do you need? Girl, sit down, you don't need to be doing that. Put your feet up. You want me to get you a snack? They, they they're, there's a catering to you. And then the baby comes and they're like, how's the baby doing? And you're like, no, I'm I'm fine. I'm fine, thanks for having me, right? And so I do think that it takes us as moms to reach out to other moms and say, no, for real, how are you doing? No judgment here. If you say you're not really feeling your children today, girl, that was me yesterday. Like I, you know, like giving them that, that freedom to just come and share and be authentic and be transparent. Because I think in continuing to put on masks, you know, where the past couple years it was physical mass, but literally putting on these spiritual, emotional mass of, oh, I'm okay. We were suffocating. And I think that for a lot of people, the pandemic was the thing that awakened a lot of stuff because you couldn't run away behind your to-do list or your child's soccer practice or, you know, your PTA meetings, because none of that was happening. And so we really had to face ourselves and say, girl, okay, are you good with you? Without all of the titles or without all of the structure, without all of the accolades, without all of the applause that maybe you were seeking from other places because you felt like you weren't getting it in your home because it feels like your children don't even care or you feel like you have a spouse who could kind of take it or leave it, we had to say, am I good enough as I am? And then if I feel like I'm not, what change do I want to see where I can kind of be born into this person where I'm like, oh no, I love her. She's, she's like way better than I could have even imagined.
1: Yes. I love that. That is so true. It is true. And I love that you said that the pandemic, it took off the physical and the spiritual mass. And that is accurate because I honestly was like, oh my gosh, it's about to get real. It's about to get really honest, really raw because now we're being affected. We're being Forced to sit down and actually see how we're truly feeling, what's really coming to the surface that we've been hiding for all this time. We're forced to sit with it and actually face it and address it. And that is not easy, especially if you're not ready for it. That can be tough. It can be so tough. Like speaking from my own experience, like I'm not even gonna lie to you, during that journey, like I was struggling at times because. I was forced to deal with the truth, the truth of the matter that I'm not happy, the truth that I don't know what I need, I don't know what I like, that I haven't been prioritizing myself. I have been ignoring myself for all this time, which is so hard because honestly, the pride part of you is like, I'm good. I know myself, like I, I've been in this body for that da, 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 da time, but in actuality, if that was true, that breakdown wouldn't have happened. You wouldn't be feeling the way you're feeling right now. You wouldn't be looking the way that you're looking if that was the truth. And that was a hard pill to swallow. Excuse that? Okay. That was a hard pill to swallow for me because it was like a reality check. And I was like, okay, all right. So this is emotions. I am feeling a lot, but I can't be in pity mode because that's not going to fit it. You know, it's not going to change what technically, I hate to say it, I did. Because even though, you know, I was doing what I was supposed to do as a wife and as a mom, I still played a role in the fact that I ignored it for that long. And that was hard because it was like, dang, so I was part of my fall down and my breakdown. And having to take that in and realize that it was like, okay, all right. So what can I do to fix it? So meeting all those strangers and allowing them to to come into my bubble, which is not easy as a woman and as a mom. Oh, my. So I did find it interesting that, you know, strangers were just so comfortable with me. But I do feel like they were comfortable with me, though, because of the fact he was using them as a way to speak to me. And it was so interesting because every person that I met, mind you, I was using like public trend, like um, public platforms and groups that were dedicated to just like random people meeting together um, and women just kind of like empowering each other and being around each other and doing activities and events. So these were people I've never crossed paths, paths with. I've never been around or anything. No group connection, friend connections, nothing. So for them to just be like, oh, hey, how are you doing? And let's do this and let's do that. And you know what? You really are this. Just giving me like constant positive affirmations or like wanting to know about my life. And it was like, okay, all right. I'm a little concerned and scared because you're a stranger. (laughs) I'm a little like, you know, stranger danger a little bit. But then when we would start talking, their beliefs were similar to mine, Um, or we were both moms going through different things, but somehow they were similar. And I was like, okay, this definitely is not just happening just to happen. It's definitely strategic. So it was what I needed. And it taught me to learn that God puts a lot of things in us that we already need and have. But if we're ignoring and we're constantly putting things in front of what he's trying to do to where it's silencing it or it's blocking it, we're not going to see it. And I felt like he needed to sit me down so that I could hear what he was trying to say, so that I could be operating the path that I was supposed to be doing, just wasn't giving it the space to actually happen. Um, I feel like that's what was taking place, because at the end of the journey, it really helps me understand that the biggest issue in that whole process, the before I had the breakdown was me, it was literally me, I was my blockage, I was the person that was, you know, faking it till you make it, which I honestly, after going through that journey, I hate that line with so much passion, (laughs) because I understand what faking really does to you. It doesn't fit anything. It doesn't make anything better. It doesn't help you grow. It helps you become stagnant. It helps you be okay in a place that you possibly don't even need to be in anymore. So I can't stand that line because I feel like if anything, it should be learning as you go or learning as you grow more so than faking it till you make it because it, it doesn't do anybody good so yeah that was my biggest thing that I learned for sure God was busy
0: <laughs> when you just said that last part about you know baking it almost giving you a license to fall into complacency I literally thought about a conversation I had with a friend earlier this week where I was talking about how um, a couple of years ago, God was like, Bree, so many people are content to just die in the wilderness. They're like, ugh we never going to make it to the promised land. This is just a good place to camp out, you know. And we saw it with the father of faith, Abraham's father. He was actually on his way to Canaan and then stopped in a a town outside of Canaan, right? Then you see it with the Israelites, even after Joshua takes the mantle from Moses and he's leading them into the promised land, they stop on the other side of the Jordan like, I mean... I know he said something about milk and honey, but they got stuff here this this could work. and I think not I think I know in my own life because I had a very similar a very similar experience where it was just like come to Jesus and me being very real and raw with God and with myself. I realized that. I had gotten to a place where I was dull spiritually because I felt like I had all these high hopes and aspirations and they weren't being fulfilled. And so little by little, as I saw these things that were on my list, not still not happening after years of praying and fasting and doing all these things, eventually my heart grew hard. And I was like, well, what's the point of why we even pray like what's if you don't just do what you want to do God why am I even asking you know what I mean like it doesn't matter and I've heard other people say that and I've been like oh no you can't say that like if you don't ask God says we don't we have not because we asked not. that used to be me and then I got to the other side where I was kind of like you know what y'all right what are we even doing we're all just pawns in this stupid game like that's how much my heart had changed and I felt like there were different things that got similar to what you're saying. God was pulling different people around and just different conversations I had where I felt like he was saying, believe again, try again, come again, you know, pray again, fast again, like, don't look at how things went in the past and let that dictate what you're believing about your future. And I'll say that again, do not look at how things went in your past and let that dictate what you're expecting for your future and it can even tie with what you're saying about friendships okay well I've I've always been the person that struggled to find friends okay well that was your past but does that mean you're giving up on friendships where you're just like oh I don't need friends because you do you need friends Mm -hmm. you need people you need women who are speaking life into you and who can say no girl we prayed about that and we're going to keep praying until there's an answer. You need someone who says, okay, I know you're not feeling it right now, but let's just go and, you know, eat something together and let's let's sit in silence together. Let's go do that. We don't even have to say anything. Or you know what? I know you need to do laundry. I'll just come over. And if you want to talk, we can. And if you don't want to talk, that's fine too, right? Like, we need to cultivate that, but if we have hardened our hearts so much and said, well, that's not available for me, then that's what becomes our reality. What we expect is what we receive. And it's 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 so in alignment with what you were saying earlier about saying, you know what, I realized I was a big part of the problem. Like I had my heart had grown so hard. Towards God, towards others, that it became a self-fulfilling prophecy without me even really saying anything. Because I was like, Well, nothing's gonna work out, and then it didn't. And then then it, it it kind of just in my mind, I'm like, see, just like I thought. And it's like, well, yes, that's what you thought, though. So that's what you got. That's what you thought, and that's what you got. And so we have to be more intentional with our thought life, and we have to be intentional about our words because scripture talks about how you know. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. And, you know, I was reading even this morning on how God talks about how the words of the righteous are like, like he talks about how he was living water and how it's just this, is this, this, this flow. And I was just thinking about how in that season where I was in that really dark place, I wasn't encouraging anyone because I'm like, baby, I'm hanging on by a thread. And so how am I going to reach out and encourage you when I feel like I need encouragement? And looking back, that was the exact reason why I should have encouraged people more because what it is that you need is what you should really focus your efforts on giving away because it comes back to you. Like scripture says, those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. But my, again, that hard heart was in such a place of, well, see, just like I thought, ain't nobody out here, I gotta be everybody's cheerleader, like you talked about, I gotta be everybody's advocate, but nobody's advocating for me. And that becomes what you start seeing. And so I think that the honesty you had with yourself, and I don't, I mean, I don't really hear a lot of people saying that. I feel like in our current age, everybody's pointing the finger at someone else. Well, it's my childhood trauma, which hey. Childhood trauma is a thing. I get that, but okay, you're 45 now. So let's you know, let's 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 move past. We can acknowledge that it's there, but we can't be like, okay, you're you're in the you're in the the older folks home, and you still talking about. And it, it, again, in situations of like physical abuse or emotional, I understand that that's not just something you can be like, well, that happened in my past, and I'm moving on. But I think that we can take things. And so many of the conversations happening right now will say, well, no, they did that and they didn't serve you and, you know, and that's it. And like, you should cut them off. And that's one, not the way of the father, because he talks about forgiveness. And if we don't forgive others, he won't forgive us. That's number one. But number two, what does that really do for you in a practical way? Looking at everyone and saying, nobody's out here for me. I got to get it all by myself. What does that do? It creates bitterness, There's no, I don't know, I don't know anyone who's out here self-made who feels like it's all on them, who's like belting out Whitney Houston, I'm every woman, it's all in me. That woman is tired. She's tired. Okay. Like it's a cute jingle jangle. But practically, if that's what we're walking around in, eventually, even if that woman, and that's what you said, you were the person. I got the schedule, everyone's color coordinated, we got the Christmas pictures, we sending out the cards. And then eventually you look up, like, what is all of this for? Nobody even cares. Or you start sending stuff out, and you're like, they didn't even say thank you. And then it's then you have to come to yourself and say, Well, okay, so what was it for then? Was it for you or was it for them? Because if it was for them, you're just supposed to give it and like move on, you know? So I know I said a lot, but it's just, it's just, I just want more of us to get that lens that you have. And are sharing that, yes, there are things and we can share with others how they can love us better as we learn how to better love ourselves. But we cannot get so we can't put ourselves or other people in a corner to the point where we say, well, you didn't do this for me. And like, that's why this doesn't work. Or, you know, I need this and you're not giving it so I'm gonna just gonna cross my arms and and die here in this place that I was never supposed to die because i have I've convinced myself that this is it for me that better better relationships don't exist that a a better version of myself doesn't exist because I haven't been exposed to that yet
1: girl, you hit on so many points. I was just like, yes, yes, and yes again. like, oh my gosh, but it's accurate it is accurate I feel like in the beginning it was extremely hard for me I'm not even gonna just sit here and be like you know it was so easy for me to just put myself out there on the front tree and say I'm the problem it was not but I feel like I was a constant reminder though like I feel like he kept reminding me like okay remember for a minute there you were doing this are you trying to go back to that? Because this is how you feel now. Do you like how, how you feel right now? And obviously I didn't, but going through it so much and having to constantly reevaluate, have it in my face constantly and you know, constantly self-reflect, self-reflect. You have to eventually start to think like, okay, the common denominator in everything and all these situations that kept going for so long And like you said, no one asked me to do those things and do them in that way. Nobody asked to do that. Nobody asked for me to be perfect and to have that idea in my head that this is how things are going to go. No one ever requested it. I put that pressure on myself to be at that level and to do it that way. So at the end of the day, it comes down to okay, if you decided those things and you chose to continue those things for however long honey, you're the problem. (laughs) You're the problem. And the problem is only going to be fixed. until you actually acknowledge that you're that problem. So I didn't have a choice because if I didn't acknowledge it, then I would have went right back to where I was doing and being uncomfortable and thinking I'm comfortable, but I'm not being unhappy, but acting as if I'm happy, nothing would have changed. So I had to work on myself. I had to Do the, like I say, the yucky work, the uncomfortable work. But I always say it comes down to this either you're going to be uncomfortable in that place where you were unhappy, or you're going to do the uncomfortable work that's going to make you be better and make you grow. So I was like, okay, I think I'm going to choose the other one because that I see is working and I'm getting growth and I'm learning and I'm wanting to be better. So I'm going to go ahead and be uncomfortable. However long that takes, you know, and I feel like it's a consistent healing. That's another thing that sometimes I feel like now that people are, you know, they talk about healing so much, but they don't talk about the fact that healing is ongoing. You know, it's not something that you start the journey, you go through the journey and you're like, oh, I'm healed. Yes, you are partially healed because now you're aware of what happened and what you have to do. But the healing has to continue because it can be easy to go back and revert backwards because you get triggers. There's going to be triggers because that's still a part of you in some way. you You can't be ignorant to ignore the fact that that was a part of you for a long time. You did that pattern for a long time. So you have to create new patterns and constantly work on yourself and constantly work on healing and praying and doing the work so that you don't revert back to those old habits so it's ongoing you know don't think it's a one stop type of shop thing it's not it is not I wish it was it'd be so easy to be like girl you do that year you do this and then you're good no you just understand yourself better and you understand what you have to do to continue to grow and to continue to be better you know that's the only difference I feel like yeah
0: I love that you said that. It makes me think of this um, video I watched that my mom sent me last week. It was a basketball coach talking to her team. And she said, so many people in life chase the easy thing. Oh, I can't wait till this gets easier. Oh, it's going to be so good when this gets easier. Like, I'm going to be able to do this better. I'm going to, you know, yeah, once I, once I get this, once I lose the weight, it's going to be easier. Or once I gain the weight, it's going to be easier. Or once we have more money, it's going to be easier. Once we have, uh, once we're empty nesters, it's going to be like, and she said, it's not that things get easy. She said, you just learn to handle hard better. And what you just said about the healing continuing and knowing that this isn't healing, isn't this destination that you reach and you're like, all right, cool. You know, and, and, and I can say (laughs) that. There are certain things that maybe there are specific events that you can say, I've healed from that experience, right? But in the overall continued growth of your life, you're always going to be healing from something because you're all you're also going to continue to face situations where you can say, okay, am I going to be hurt by this or am I going to be healed from it, right? And even what you were talking about, about being uncomfortable, it's like that quote that says your comfort zone is a beautiful place, but nothing ever grows there. Like, you can be comfortable and say, okay, because even sometimes we get comfortable in our dysfunction because we're like, okay, but this is what I know. Like, I just picture someone in their bed with their pillows and they're like, I mean, yeah, but like, it's just my stuff. And I just, I know it's like kind of junky, but it's my stuff. It's my stuff. We're, We're hoarders in the spiritual, and there's just so many things that. Kind of what we talked about offline before, we have associated certain things as our identity. And so we don't want to fully heal from them because we're like, well, if I let that go, this thing that I've held on to that sometimes for people is the fire that keeps them going, where they're trying to prove that person wrong because of the things they said to them when they were 16, or they're trying to prove that parent wrong, or they're trying to prove a sibling wrong that said, okay, you're not really ever going to be anything. You say, okay, if I let that go, then what motivates me? But that's, you have an opportunity to find something else and something that's helpful and and, and and nurturing to your spirit and not being motivated by anger, right? Because who wants to be motivated by? It? Like at, at your core, even if it was your initial drive in the beginning, is that really what you want to get you out of bed in the morning? Anger? Bitterness? no no and so yes it is uncomfortable but if we understand that as we lean into that discomfort that like you said we're becoming better versions of ourselves and then again taking that on as moms and saying not only am I better for me I'm better for my children uh, as wives not only am I better for me I'm better for my spouse because since I do have this heightened level of, of awareness I can start saying to them, okay well it's really not even this that you said it's because there's this underlying thing that really bothers me and so if we could just tackle that and like not do that anymore I think we'd be in a really great place right so in learning mm-hmm. to love ourselves we help other people to love us better and at the end of the day even if you're loved by everyone you're around if you don't have that love for yourself it doesn't really matter either you know we've seen so many beautiful people and I don't just mean from a physical standpoint beautiful in their spirit, beautiful in their work that they've done, take their lives and it's like, oh my gosh, they were so loved by so many, but it wasn't enough. And so we have to have that resolve within ourselves that says, no, I do believe that I, I, I have worth and I have value and that there's an assignment for me here and I'm not checking out until the assignment is done.
1: Amen. Yes, that is so true. That is so true. And like, honestly, when you said that there's so many people that we've lost and they, and it was honestly because of the fact that they didn't take that time to love on themselves. I do feel like a lot of the times we'll get so submerged in everyone loving on us to the point we don't realize that we don't love ourselves. It like takes up that void that we don't realize that, you know what? I don't really know what I like. I don't really know what I want. And quite frankly, I don't even know if I like myself right now either. And people start to be the voice for them in a sense too. And I feel like that was one of the issues actually that I faced in the beginning too, was that I enjoy people being like, oh, she's such a great person. Oh, she does so much. She loves her family. She does, you know, you start to get addicted to that because it feels good, obviously, to hear people compliment you. But then at the end of the day, though, when you're sitting still and you're constantly keeping yourself busy because you don't want to really deal with your thoughts or deal with how you're feeling, that's a problem. Because now it's more so that you enjoy everybody else, but when you're actually alone, you don't enjoy the time with yourself because you don't even like how that feels because you know you got things going on. You know you don't like what's going through your head. You don't like how you feel. There's a lot that you're ignoring. And for me, I honestly feel like I ignored a lot of things for a long time because it felt better to be you know, ignorant to how I truly feel. I didn't have to deal with those things. I didn't have to really deal with the truth of the matter that I'm not at my happiest. I could get my happiest if I worked on it, but sometimes it's easier just to choose the opposite and be like, you know what? I don't really want to deal with that. I'm going to focus on my family. And you kind of use them as a distraction versus it's supposed to be a part of you versus all of you. And for the longest, it was all of me. Like, I honestly felt like, my identity was my family and my kids and as long as they were good then I was supposed to be good but the problem with that is that's really not how it's supposed to work and like I said once again when you sit still and you can't really deal with what's coming to surface because that silence is rough that silence is so hard and I do feel like those are the moments where God speaks the loudest when we're sitting still and it's just quiet and you're left with your thoughts but I didn't really want to allow that because now it's like okay now I gotta really deal with the real you know and that can be difficult so I'm I honestly say it was hard going through that journey but I'm so grateful for it I'm grateful for it because I for one wouldn't be who I am now that's completely true like if i If I made mom chat show in the mindset that I was then, I honestly don't feel like it would have worked because like you said, it's hard to help people heal when you're not healed. It's hard to tell people, oh, you can do this and you can do that and talking all these positive things into them when you're not doing it yourself. And you don't even know how that feels. You don't even know what that looks like you know, because at that time, I didn't know what that looked like. I wasn't doing personal development. I wasn't doing self-reflection and, you know, learning what makes me tick and what doesn't. What are my triggers? What isn't? You know, those things were not even a thing. (laughs) That was nowhere near um, at all. Like I couldn't even pinpoint anything. I just knew what I knew in that moment. So sometimes I do feel like we have to give ourselves grace for what we don't know. But at the same time, we still have to hold ourselves accountable too. So it's kind of like you have to balance the two.
0: Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. So we've touched on so many things, but I would love for you to share a word of encouragement or a thought to anyone who feels like, you know, they're in that transition period of Maybe they recently had a breakdown. Maybe they feel like they're on the verge of a breakdown. Like, what are the things that they can be doing to kind of reevaluate and to rebuild, like you said?
1: The first thing that comes to mind is don't don't block what you're truly feeling. I think at times it's easy for us to be like, you know what, I'm going to fake fake it till I make it or act as if. I'm okay. Or the the common thing that everyone pushes right now is act as if what you want to be in the future. I'm all for that. But the problem with that is you are still where you're at. So now you're ignoring the truth. Now you're ignoring how you truly feel, what's truly broken, what truly needs to be fixed and worked on. So mm-hmm. I'm 50, 50 on that. I feel like It's important for you to be aware of what's really happening, what's really needs to be rebuilt. If that means having to, you know, combine it with church and go into actual therapy. Do that. You know, if that means having to get more help, because that's something that us moms struggle with, admitting that we can't do it all. I am tired. I am overwhelmed. I'm pushed past the level I'm supposed to be at. It's okay to address those things, but don't ignore them because it gets worse. It doesn't get better. It doesn't go away mysteriously and just disappear. That does not happen. That's not a thing. That's not a thing at all. So take time to really be aware of what's happening, how you're truly feeling and finding a solution. Finding that solution that's going to work for you, not what someone else tells you, but what's truly gonna help you get to where you need to go. Because sometimes we allow people to come in and they give us their advice and their viewpoints and we don't allow ourselves to really think about, okay, I'm feeling this way, but what would make this easier for me? What would make this better? What would make me feel better in this moment? Like what do I truly need for me? Not because my cousin or whoever it worked for, but for me, because everyone's needs are different. Everyone's wants are different. So you got to figure that out. What are your needs? What are your wants? What's truly going to help you feel better and be better? Those are the biggest things that I got for me that I learned that was like a life changer for me, was realizing that I don't need to be like, Susie down the street. I don't need to be like her. I don't need to do what she's doing to make herself feel better. Because quite frankly, it's most likely not going to even work for me because I don't know her struggles. I don't know what she's going through. I don't know why she even does that. Why does she even need it? I don't know. But at the end of the day, I know me and I know what I'm going through. I know what I need. So start there. You know you. You know what's happening, what your struggle is. Use that. And then allow yourself to kind of slowly figure out, be patient with the process because it's not going to be instant, but slowly figure out like, okay, maybe if I tweak this one thing, all right, see how that works. Then you move to the next thing, but it's a slow process. though. So it's not instant. There is no instant
0: process to this at all. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I wanted to share... I forgot that they updated the national suicide hotline, so now it's not a one eight hundred number; it's just nine eight eight. So, if you're listening to this, and you know when we were talking about feeling like maybe it's just not even—I don't even need to go through all this. I'm just gonna, you know, I, I don't. I, everyone else likes me, but I don't like myself. If you're thinking those kinds of thoughts, I would encourage you to reach out to that suicide hotline, and you can do that by um, calling nine eight eight very easy to remember. Um, I also do want to pray because this, this, like, it's like Jesus in therapy, right? Like do the practical thing, but I do want to pray as well because um, Sade and I talked about like, I really feel like there's so much assignment on this episode. And if it's for one person in one life, like we don't know who you are and the ripple effect your life will have on everyone else, but you are valuable and you're needed. And, you know, there's so much that seems like it's going to be permanent right now but speaking as two women who had those moments who are like yeah mm, I don't really know like literally and I can't speak I don't know what your words to God were Sade but at one point I was like God just take me like I don't want to I don't really want to kill myself but just take me just bring me to where you are and then I don't have to like 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 elijah just bring a chariot and i'm just get on the chariot and come with you because i'm kind of just done with this and i feel like i'm failing in so many areas and if you just get if you just come get me i don't have to feel like i'm failing and so if you if you're listening to this and you are feeling that way if you've ever felt that way i just want you all to know like there is hope on the other side of it the person that i am now um the person that I am now, I'm just so proud of this version of me because while I had the things that looked good on the outside in previous seasons, very similar to what you're saying, inside I didn't realize that it was creating this, this hamster wheel that I just couldn't keep up with. And then when when the hamster wheel stopped, all of a sudden, initially, I remember, and I remember this so clearly, when the pandemic first hit, hit, I felt relieved, obviously not knowing how wide, but I just remember being like, wait, two weeks, and stuff about to be shut down, I can breathe for a second, I mean, and then it ended up being two years, right, but that's not a normal reaction, it's not a normal reaction to, Mm -hmm. there's this worldwide pandemic, and stuff is shutting down, and I'm like, oh my gosh, thank the Lord, like, that's not normal, that's not normal. And so it took that time for me to, very similar to what you said, I I, I tell people I fell, fell apart completely and I let myself fall apart. I didn't try to put on any facades. People asked me how I was doing. I gave it to them real my aunts were asking and then they texted my mom and they're oh, like, Yeah, well, Bree said she and she's like, Well, if that's what she said, that's what she meant. Like, I'm not putting on the face anymore because I've done that for a long time and didn't even realize I was doing it. And look, it's where where it's got me. So, you know, as you all can hear, I'm just really passionate about this because I understand that it just seems like the easier option. Um, but there's so much you're supposed to do. There's so much that's that and there's so many other people who are are blessed by you right now. Not even like like you said, you don't even have to look at your future self. Right now, the impact you're having on people right now and the impact you already had is way bigger than anything you would think. And so um, that's how I want to end today's episode. I just want to end with a prayer for you and let you know that it does get better. It does get better. So Father Amen. God, thank you Lord for... This conversation, Father, thank you for um, our listeners. Thank you for just being who you are, Father. Your word talks about how you will abandon the 99 for the one Lord. If it's one person that listens to this episode and was potentially considering suicide that is no longer considering it, or they say, you know what, I am gonna reach out to the hotline because even though I'm not all the way there, I can't say I haven't thought about it, Lord. I just pray for this the person listening to this, Lord. I pray, Father, that in the upcoming hours, not even days, hours, Lord, minutes, Lord God, that you would just show them how much you care about them, Lord, that you would just lavish your love on them, Father God, for your word, um says, Lord, you knitted us together when we were in our mother's womb. Like, the fact that we're even here is a miracle. Like I read something about conception being like there's a 10% chance that you any person will conceive. Like that two people will come together and conceive a baby is 10% chance or less. That's insane to me. And so the fact that these people are listening or they're supposed to be here, and it's not by accident. And so I just pray that they would know that their life is not by happenstance or that it's a miracle that you created them on purpose and I just pray that you would continue to reveal what that purpose is in Jesus name amen 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 well how can people get in touch with you so they can keep these conversations going
1: so they can reach out to me on all things mom chat show so momchatshow.com is literally everywhere if you type in on ig i'll pop up facebook and our actual main page but yeah these conversations will continue because like i said we have a lot of work to do and i want moms to know that there is resources out there there is people that actually do want to help them that do want to make their load a little bit easier you know and they'll also have laughs too it won't be all seriousness because i'm completely not a 100 percent serious person <laughs> and so there will be moments where I do have moms come on there and we do have fun conversations about real things that happen and motherhood that you know you just can't control all things motherhood is just you know motherhood is just something else with it in itself like you just can't control that so we talked about it all but we're I'm very serious and big on though the healing part more than anything, the healing and us being honest with ourselves and being vulnerable, allowing ourselves to just tell the truth like it is, no filter, your real truth, your story, because I think at times we don't get to have that place to be real about how we really feel, what really happened, what did we really learn? There's so much healing in that process. So I like to share all of it and allow another mom to learn and potentially heal through someone else's story. So I'm excited about the journey. <laughs> yeah. Thank
0: you so much for being our guest. I've enjoyed this conversation and I know why that trying to keep it from happening, but I am so um, just excited to just hear people's feedback and I hope that they'll share it with other moms and women in their community.